As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the first episode of Copa with Felipe Cardenas. I'm excited to be here. I hope you are too. This is my new weekly podcast for The Athletic. And my first guest is Peter Drury, a legendary broadcaster in the world of soccer and now the lead play-by-play voice for NBC's Premier League coverage. So at the time of the interview, Peter joined me from a remote part of England where he was taking some time off before the Premier League season officially kicks off this Friday, August 5th. Peter and I talked about his move to NBC, where he replaced Arlo White, the globalization of the Premier League, Leeds United's American dream, and why he won't prepare for the World Cup in Qatar. I also put Peter on the spot with five pressure-filled questions that I'm calling the spot kick. And don't worry, I'll subject all my guests to this. So here's my conversation with Peter Drury. Okay, so first of all, what a pleasure it is for me to welcome one of football's most recognizable voices to Copa. Copa, for those that you're listening, this is the first episode of my new podcast, Copa with Felipe Cardenas. And Peter Drury is my first ever guest. So welcome to the show, Peter. How does that sound? Felipe, that is, um, that's a privilege for me. Thank you very much. Thank you. Wow, you can only go up from here. Uh, no, trust me, the privilege is all mine. Uh, you know, we I, I'll go ahead and thank the people at NBC for getting this together. You told us you're on holiday right now. So you're you're even taking time out of your very busy sp- schedule, your free time to talk with us. So first of all, where are you right now, Peter? Where in the world are you? I, I'm down in the south of England. I'm not I haven't gone abroad on holiday. I'm down in um, the New Forest, which is down on the south coast, um, Hampshire, Dorset border. For those of you who know uh, your your English geography. It's a beautiful rural part of the country, away from everywhere, quiet, just me and the family. It's great. It sounds wonderful. I wish I, I wish I was there. I wish I was there, but I wouldn't bother you. Maybe I could just be, I, I could be the bag man, just taking your bags up to the cottage sure. and then I'll retire to the beach. Uh, for, the, for the people who follow the English Premier League, I'm bang in the middle between Southampton and Bournemouth. Got it. Got it. Hey, that's a nice geography lesson. Maybe I should add that into the show. Um, I mean, Peter, obviously you're our guest today because you are now uh, recently named the new play-by-play voice for the Premier League with NBC. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, you're replacing Arlo White, a very recognizable name for so many years here in America. But you in your own right, I mean, you've covered 
the English Premier League since 92, since its inception. You're the voice also of the UEFA Champions League uh, for some big brands as, for instance, CBS, Amazon Prime, BT Sport. Uh, but NBC and the Premier League in America is really this premier brand. It's it, it continues to grow. It's probably the first brand off the top of any American soccer's head. You know, off the top of their head when they think of production and TV, they think of Premier League. So, why was this the right time for you to move to NBC and, and really take over this this role? Well, um, I didn't know that it was the right time, Felipe. That's the truth. Um, I was asked back in uh, April whether I'd be interested in doing it. And you've just articulated the reasons why it wasn't very difficult to say yes. I was I was very, very easily seduced because um, NBC's reputation within the Premier League broadcasting world was very quickly won uh, and has only since been enhanced. It's, um, it's a relationship between two brands which has just worked. They've hit it off together um, and from the point of view of someone who does my job, uh, it's it's a team sheet you want to be on, you know. Um, I think I'm right in saying that globally, the NBC is the only uh, broadcaster which has done a six-year deal for the next set of rights on the Premier League. So there's a certain solidity of the relationship there. Um, and I would say, you'll no doubt go on perhaps to ask me about me and ask me about NBC. But the truth is that the most established brand of them all is the Premier League. That is what people tune in for. They don't tune in for me. They don't tune in for uh, Rebecca Lowe and the, the excellent panel that she has with her. Um, they tune in because it is a fantastic competition. Um, and my job and our job, all it is, is to reflect that. Uh, and, and I don't think that in the world of football, there is um, there's a better league anywhere uh, in terms of its... It's dynamic, it's competitiveness, it's 20 separate agendas. Um, you know, of course, we have the race to be champions, but we have the race to be in the Champions League. We always have great thrills around relegation. Everybody has an agenda. There's very, very rarely a dead game. Um, and it's just a thrill to be part of. So uh, it is f very fascinating because... You, you've been part of the Premier League since 1992. It became the Premier League, and and since then it has evolved tremendously. It's it's very much uh, more global than ever before. The most powerful teams are now in England. A lot of them, uh, the 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 globalization of the sport. You can look at the Premier League and, and use that as an example. Uh, what has it been like for you to be part of that evolution of looking at the Premier League from where it was in the early 90s to what it has become? going into this new season in 2022? Yeah, I mean, in terms of the parallel with, if you like, my own life, which which is how you frame the question, you know, I, I was first involved in the Premier League when I was working on a local uh, BBC radio station in the north of England um, and covering Leeds United, amongst others, who were actually the last champions of England before the Premier League kicked in in 1992. So that's where I joined it at a very early stage of my career. Um, and, and 30 years on, you know, who would have thought then that uh, it would be being broadcast on such a major um, outlet in America? Never mind that I should be the guy doing the broadcasting. Um, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of um, crazy, unthinkable story. Um, but its its evolution has, I think, been reflected, if you like, in, in this story, in that it has become, from being the premium league, 
in England or the UK to being the global league. Um, and and in, in that regard, the people who have driven it, I mean, are deserving of, of immense credit. It, it has become the go-to league. And we're so lucky as English folk to have the go-to league on our doorstep. You know, in, in a sense, we, the fans of England, take should take little credit from that. You know, we, we, we've just seen it land in our lap. Um, a lot of people have worked very hard to make that. And, of course, we have we have great global brand, brands, Manchester United and Arsenal and Liverpool. And, you know, you don't need me to, uh, to list them. Um, but so does the Bundesliga have Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund. So does La Liga have Barcelona and Real Madrid. And these are all terrific leagues. But the marketing of the Premier League over these three decades has been utterly... Um, phenomenal uh, and so uh, again without in no sense is there any arrogance about this I, we don't take credit for it but we have great good fortune that our league is the one um, and, and it's been thrilling for me to sort of grow up in my career uh, alongside it I've, I've always thought that from afar like the English fan the Premier League fan that supports their club day and night in good and bad just waking up every morning and under and realizing like they can go to the grounds and watch these world-class players every weekend. Uh, it, it certainly is a privilege. And you, you see the players that are coming to the Premier League now. Uh, you know, is Do you see the, the growth of the international figure, the, the, the global superstar of footballer? They are their own brands. We're, you know, speaking of marketing, they are their own brands. Is that enhancing what is already a very powerful uh, brand in the Premier League as well? Well, yeah, I, of course it does help. I, I mean, I always liken the Premier League, and I don't say this disrespectfully, of course, but it's like a soap opera, <laughs> you know, and it needs its major characters. Uh, Jose Mourinho was a major character. Obviously, Pep Guardiola is a major character, Jurgen Klopp. We've got Cristiano Ronaldo almost unthinkably in the Premier League again now as one of the major characters. Should he stay? Should he go? It's like, you know, years ago, who shot JR? You know, it's, that's the sort of stuff we have. And these these characters who in themselves are so marketable um, are, are um, an essential part of the kind of ongoing narrative and the ongoing story. And you're right, too, to identify the thrill for the regular fan of having them turn up at their little ground. Never mind United, Liverpool, City in their own right. If you're a supporter of uh, Brighton or Fulham or just down Burnley, Watford last year, you know, and suddenly at your little ground, your little club, there's Ronaldo in front of your eyes. It's, it, you know, it, again, I don't use the term disrespectfully, but it's like a kind of travelling circus um, of the greatest players globally turning up on the doorsteps of fans who are both thrilled to see their teams compete against those players, but also just to see those players uh, in their own right. And I would, by the way, emphasise the word compete, because I think another great thing about the Premier League is that for all there are the super clubs, every match feels competitive. You know, Liverpool can turn up at Brighton and get beaten. Fulham might beat Manchester City. Week on week, every set of fixtures uh, is competitive. And uh, whilst we as fans and maybe broadcasters could be starry-eyed, on the whole, the players aren't, you know. Fulham will go shoulder to shoulder, to shoulder with Manchester City next year and have a game. At least they might lose 9-0, <laughs> but they just might win 2-1. You know, that's, that's the way it is. It's, uh, it's the beauty of, of the, the weekend in, in England, honestly. I think everyone sort of expects that. They love those matchups. And you mentioned it before, top of the table, middle of the table, bottom of the table. The drama is, is really year long. We'll be right back. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Now, back to the show. Uh, you know, We've spoken about evolution of the Premier League, which takes me to something that's very dear to my heart, which is Konami's pro-evolution soccer. <laughs> and <laughs> my colleagues are, will listen to this podcast and, and, and laugh cheerily because they know that I've been waiting to ask you this question. But, uh, you know, pro-evolution soccer isn't as popular in America as it is in, in Europe and Asia and even South America. You know, my cousins in, in, in Colombia play that game religiously. They recognize your voice. Uh, I mean, do you enjoy video game production when you were doing that? Is, is that fun? And, and is there in any way any similarity to the actual match? Well, I have to be careful, Philippe, about what I say here. Otherwise, I'll lose my contract. But I mean, I don't think anybody would mind me saying that enjoy would be the wrong word. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty brutal week or two, every time we record it, of sitting in a studio shouting stuff. Um, and by the end of it, I could hardly talk. So it's, uh, which some might say is a good thing, but it's, um, it's, it's quite hard work and it's pretty pragmatic, actually. There's a great big list of stuff that has to be done and we get it done. Um, and um, at, the t- at the moments when I'm interacting with the co-commentator, Jim Beglin, um, there might be some likeness in that we, we kind of hit off each other. But for the most part, it would be stretching it to say that there's too much similarity because you're not reacting to what's in front of you. You're reading <laughs> the words that are there for you to say. So uh, there's no sense in which you have to be interpretive of a football match. You're pretending to be interpretive of a football match. And I hope that doesn't spoil the magic for anyone. No, I mean, I, I think <laughs> it's just fascinating to hear that. I mean, and when you're, you're sitting at home, you can watch a Premier League match or you can remember that very famous Manchester City call, Aguero. And it's the same thing. Like you're playing pro-evolution pro soccer and your voice is there. It's very unique. Um, and I, I see it as sort of like a bridge between the digital space that we're all living in, the video games atmosphere and this growing sort of likeness uh, of, of football. But, uh, you know, speaking of American audiences that may not be familiar with, with Premier League or with Pro Evolution Soccer, uh, something that they're going to be very familiar with this season, the American audience, is Leeds United. Uh, there's there's this strong American contingent there. You know, as, as I mentioned before, we started recording, you know, Americans in the Premier League is a big draw. For, for coverage for NBC. But Leeds United looks like a very unique story, a big story that will develop throughout the season. You have Jesse March, the second-year manager, uh, Brendan Aronson, who comes over, uh, and Tyler Adams as well, which he may a- actually captain the U.S. side at the World Cup in Qatar. And now they're all together with a very interesting relationship with the manager in Leeds United. So how do you see that developing, uh, first of all, on the pitch and then just from a coverage standpoint? Well, 
I, I have to say it really excites me that uh, the American football audience, as in football, as I say it, um, might embrace Leeds United because Leeds United is massive. It is one, and, and, and in a sense, this is a lovely juxtaposition because it is one of our great traditional football clubs. Um, you know, it, it has a huge following. Back in the day and for generations, it's been famous for its pure white kit. You know, the, um, pre, if you look back in the archives before sponsorship and all of that, the perfect white kit. Uh, and they, they were a great club through the 70s, um, went through a, a dip into the 80s and beyond, won the league at the start of the 1990s under, under a strong, gritty Yorkshireman called Howard Wilkinson. And even back then, the season before the Premier League began, the thought that Leeds United could be coached by an American uh, <laughs> and would be adopted, in a sense, by a large part of the American audience would have been laughed out of town, you know. Um, and, and I'm really excited that Leeds United could be central to um, our broadcasts with NBC because there will be that identity. Uh, Jesse Marsh himself, as you know, is a, is a really engaging individual. Um, he, he's, he's going to be great for us, I think. He's going to be great for us because he, he can, in a sense, be a voice. He, he can be a conduit between us as English broadcasters of the, the League to America and America itself. It's somebody with whom you can really identify um, he's a dynamic, likeable guy. Um, he makes good television. His teams make good television, for better or worse, you know. Um, they only just stayed alive last year, as you well know. Um, and now they have to kick on again for what is a really demanding audience. That Leeds United fan base is mad, I promise you. Um, <laughs> and when it's up, it's really up. And, and those games at Ellen Road... When they're playing the other big opponents, Manchester United against Leeds is, you know, events television. It's huge. Um, and I really hope, not just because I'm coming at it from the perspective of NBC now, but just because it's great for the league, I really hope that Jesse Marsh and, and Leeds can have an impact this year. It's going to be tough. They've lost a couple of their best players. You know, they've lost Calvin Phillips. Uh, they've lost Rafinha now to Barcelona. Um but let's hope that your guy does the business. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, they. I think Rafinha is a big loss. Obviously, we saw him over the weekend in, in the Clásico in Las Vegas with just an absolute worldy for Barcelona. I think he's he's almost irreplaceable uh, for Leeds United. But there's a lot of hope. I think there's hope in that Jesse Marsh will be that manager that really gets it done. In the Premier League, it's uh, there's a, there is a stigma in the United States that American coaches go to England and they they're not successful, they're not accepted, uh, they're they're behind the eight ball. You know, one one loss, one poor decision, and it's right back to the yeah. culture war of American coaches in England. But so you know, wrong, I by think, the way, so wrong. Yeah, and and yeah. and I think we're starting to all accept that, right? It's it's yeah. we're seeing more and more American players moving on. That sort of tells you, well, there must be good coaching, there must be good development in the United States. Um, you know, that does take me to a question about just the American soccer audience. It's growing, uh, it, it's younger, it's bicultural. Uh, I think what's interesting is that it's also the American audience is heavily distracted by other huge sports in the U.S. You know, have you had the NFL, the NBA? College American football is huge. It's a billion-dollar industry as well. So it is a unique audience. How do you approach a U.S.-based audience in your commentary? Do you even think about that? On the whole, I would try not to think about that 
because if I've been given one instruction by NBC so far, it is don't change anything for us, you know. So, which I think is a really important message and a good message because um, the American football audience, if it ever was, and it probably wasn't, is certainly not one now to be patronised or talked down to. In fact, it almost deserves, for all the reasons you give, a kind of greater specificity of respect because it is a real choice to watch the Premier League. It isn't what you've necessarily, although we're into you know, generations which have developed now, of course, but it isn't necessarily what you've been born into. It's something that you have chosen to engage in. Um, and so there will be a kind of um, eagerness of knowledge which, which in some sense outstrips those who are born into it and just sure. kind of absorb it culturally. Um, if I, as some stuck-up English broadcaster, <laughs> think that I can take you as an American consumer for granted, then I am cruising for a fall. Um, and uh, I can promise everyone that whatever I might do, right or wrong, in the next few weeks and months, uh, that will not be a mistake I make. Um, and I come back to how you framed the question, will I even think about it? I will try very hard, if this isn't contradictory, I'll try very hard not to think about it because I think it's just important to broadcast the game and assume uh, a knowledgeable uh, and engaged audience. It's, it's, a, it's a fascinating answer that, that you've given because I think it's hard to not to not think about it, obviously. I mean, it's it's just what, what we've already talked about, you know, the NBC, the brand, the Premier League brand, the growth of the sport in America, everything we've just talked about, about Leeds United. And, and I think you make a great point that just culturally, it is it, a lot of fans here in the United States have sort of taken on a, a club sometimes just as just very recently there might be a new family that's has chosen arsenal over the summer and that's going to be their club or maybe they'll just go with a, a lower division team in brighton that's the team i'm going to support uh, and of course you have legacy fans all over the world and all, all over the united states but it is very it is very unique i was so you know i just really wanted to hear how you sort of manage that expectation yeah, uh, it's a really tough one, Felipe. Uh, you know, in a, in a sense, you're you're asking me the questions, but I'd love to ask <laughs> you that back. You know, sure. um, how how should I deal with that? How should I deal with the fact that there might be on the first Friday night of the Premier League, there might be an Arsenal fan choosing to watch Arsenal for the first time and wanting to engage with Arsenal, to whom it wouldn't be unreasonable if I was face to face with them for me to start explaining and saying, "This is Arsenal." you know, famous club, they wear red and going through their team and explaining in a kind of um, early years school kind of scenario, perhaps patronising, this is what Arsenal's all about. And and But if I spend five minutes doing that, the rest of the audience is going to be throwing bricks at the television. So, exactly. you know, it's, it is a difficult thing. But I think, again, you have to respect the audience um, and understand that it's intelligent uh, and it'll pick up the narrative along the way. Uh, it's Agreed. it's bright enough to pick up the story, and and the worst the worst thing you can ever do ever do is talk down, and so I think people aren't stupid. They'll no. if they choose to support Arsenal on the first Friday night, they'll learn Arsenal in their own and, time, Thank and they'll want much. to. I yeah. think the way we approach coverage at the Athletic is very is very similar. It's like okay, we know we're going to have new readers, new fans, but we're talking to the hardcore fan as well. We we're talking to those. 
the audience and the readers that want to read a story, hear a podcast that is almost personalized towards that fandom, the one that is willing to be challenged. Uh, and, and I think there are so many ways to educate yourself now you can read you can listen you can watch and so no it's it's i'll I'll be listening because i always find that the hardest part of your job is is just you know trying to find the balance between the new audience the new age and the legacy uh peter you're let's end quickly here uh you're call you'll be at the world cup correct i will okay uh how many world cups have you called what number uh, is this now I, th- I think this is going to be the first one was 1998 so i think this is going to be okay. the seventh Eight, okay two six ten fourteen eighteen twenty two yeah seven amazing amazing so just your thoughts on a winter world cup in in, in that part of the world in Qatar. W- w- what comes to mind what comes to mind is that it's obviously uh, unprecedented so we'll wait and find out obviously it's going to have a massive impact on this domestic English football season, European football season, world football season. Um, It's going to be very odd in our country where the World Cup obviously is traditionally June, July, and the culture is to be watching games in pubs, pouring out into the summer, you know, onto the streets and and everybody in shirt sleeves and so on. And the Christmas music will be playing in the shops, you know. Uh, It's it's going to be odd, I think, for for supporters back home. Um, But listen... People will engage with it. It'll be yeah. in the end, you know. We can we can talk about the ethical arguments. We can talk about the timing. We can talk about, you know, all of those things. And there are huge arguments to be had about more important things than whether it's in the winter or the summer. Um, sure. But in the end, you know, people will put the television on. It'll be a patch of green grass, and there'll be two countries playing. And and everybody always gets into it, and they will, and they will. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Now, back to the show. How will you prepare? Like, you're jumping into the Premier League. It's just this massive responsibility. How do you prepare for a World Cup simultaneously? Well, the answer is you probably don't. Uh, I have to tell you that I put a week aside this summer to do my first little bit of World Cup. Uh, preparation already so I've got ahead of myself because I know that when I get back from my family holiday next week um, I won't breathe again (laughs) until the Premier League takes its break in November and then I'll have a week before the World Cup starts and I I I better say this in case my new boss is listening but I know that I know it I owe it to NBC not to be sidelined by anything else between uh, August and November so I've done a little bit to get ahead 
um, and I will look at the World Cup again in November. Best of luck with that. That sounds. It's. I think we're anyone that's covering the World Cup is is juggling a lot. It's 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 a strange time uh, to be alive when a World Cup is in the winter and now in the summer. Right now, we would be like you mentioned. We would be probably watching a game right now. Yeah. Uh, you know, or preparing to watch a game. Okay, Peter. We've gotten to the last segment segment of of my podcast, and as I mentioned before, I'm going to try something out with you. It's hopefully it becomes a weekly segment. Right now, it's a working title. The working title right now is the Spot Kick with, in this case, Peter Drury. What is the Spot Kick? Well, it's basically like a penalty shootout. Five quick questions uh, about the world of football. Not trivia, just basically A or B answers. You can't waffle. You know, you can't mm-hmm. second guess yourself. You're at the spot. You've got to pick a corner, Panenka or go hard down the middle. It's up to you. So <laughs> that's how that's, that's we're going to try it with you. We're going to try with, with, with Peter Drury. Sounds dangerous. Uh, hey, we'll <laughs> see. We'll see if it's a hit. It'll be because of you. All right. So five questions. The first question for you is Aston Villa goalkeeper, Emmy Martinez or Emmy Martinez. <sighs> Martinez. Okay. Okay. Question number two, Harry Kane, or Erling Haaland, who are you taking for you as your center forward? Kane. Harry Kane. Number three, question number three, will Pep Guardiola win a Champions League with Manchester City? Yes. Oof. You didn't, you, didn't, you just like went down the middle on that one. That was excellent. Okay. Um, which club do you support in good times and in bad? Watford. Watford. Look at that. I did not know that. I did not know that. <laughs> So you're a big Cucho Hernandez fan, I'm sure. Well, I was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then the f- yes. I read, a piece in, I read a piece in The Athletic, which you contributed to. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, he's, good he's good. He's a, he's a tricky, creative player. Good. Watch out. Watch yeah. out. Uh, okay. Fifth question. Fifth and final spot kick. Your predicted scoreline for USA versus England on November 25th. One one. One one. One one. <laughs> Is that the diplomat's answer? That was. That was not <laughs> definitely not a that was definitely not a Panenka from you, but still. I think Just you call me Kissinger. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Drury, the new voice of NBC's Premier League coverage, uh, an icon in the world of football broadcasting. What a pleasure it was to have you. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank you, Felipe. I really enjoyed that. Top man, thank you. <laughs>